Hey guys, welcome to another edition of Happy, Sad, Confused. I'm Josh Horowitz, your fearless leader and host, at least for the next 45 or 50 minutes. Today's uh, episode uh, is a little bit of a longer conversation I got to record recently with Daniel Radcliffe. Uh, If you don't know who Daniel Radcliffe is, uh, that's weird because he played Harry Potter, kind of the biggest movie franchise I guess of all time, I would have to do the math, but it's certainly one of them, if not the biggest franchises of all time. Um, Dan Radcliffe is, you know, people often ask me um, who my favorite people to talk to are. More often they ask who my least favorite to talk to are, Um, but sometimes they also ask who the cooler ones are, and Dan always is near or at the top of the list. He is a genuinely um, nice, well-adjusted, cool guy uh, which is insane, given that he is one of the most recognizable human beings on the planet and has been uh, through a very unique, strange experience, obviously, in um, being the leader of the Harry, uh, Harry Potter franchise since he was a kid. Uh, I recently spoke to Dan uh, at a New York restaurant. That's where we recorded this. So FYI, uh, the audio is pretty good, but some of the audio you'll hear a little bit of the... Um, ambient noise that goes along with uh, recording a conversation in a restaurant. Um, But otherwise, I think the content is more important than the audio quality. At least I hope so. We're still working uh, out the glitches. I know you guys have been uh, asking me, what's up with the audio, Josh? And I've said, I'm working on it. And it's true, uh, we are. Um, We're going to continue to improve the audio of these podcasts, I promise you. But... um, Let's focus on the positive, folks. This is a great conversation with a super cool, interesting guy who um, has a new movie coming out that I definitely recommend. It's called What If. Uh, It's a romantic comedy starring Dan and uh, Zoe Kazan. It opens August 8th. Do check it out. It is smart. It is interesting. It is funny. It is uh, much better than 90% of the generic romantic comedy crap that comes out of Hollywood. So uh, check it out. And I hope you guys enjoy this episode. If you're a Dan Radcliffe fan, I know you will. Uh, As always, hit me up on Twitter, Joshua Horowitz. Tell me who you want to hear on the show. Tell me if you're liking it. And most importantly, guys, seriously, please subscribe and rate this podcast and review this podcast on iTunes. It just takes a couple seconds, but it really helps um, people discover what is uh, a very important uh, labor of love for me. So spread the good word, happy, sad, confused, and in the meantime, enjoy this uh, super fun conversation with Daniel Radcliffe. Thanks for uh, breaking bread and coffee with me today, oh, no. Dan. Thank you very much. It's Have a, to... help yourself to a, a, a muffin of some kind. Wait, are you pretending like you great? I brought the muffin. Ah, so. oh, damn it. <laughs> damn, I didn't know. I thought maybe they were just here and I could pretend that I got them for you and they'd just been here no, when we arrived. I've been here for like an hour. Ah, okay. I brought the muffins. Okay, sorry, fine. Do you want... Do you want See, a... this, is the, this is the illusion do of Dan Rapsa. Do that I got you? No, no, I did that. <laughs> First of all, you should know, I know you have the Fastbender test. I do, yes, okay. Fastbender, I think, is doing the podcast, so you are subscribing to the, the you, you're doing what he would do. Yeah, there we go. So okay, well exactly. done. So I'm absolutely living by that, as, as everyone knows. That was, that was something I do base every moment of my life around, that decision-making process. No, that was, I did, did you hear about, the, did I tell you about what that was really about? No, I haven't heard from you. Test? Yeah, yeah. So the Fastbender test, the idea, because people now come up to me and just say, oh, I love that, I love that you base all your decisions on and I was like, I don't actually know Michael Fassbender. I've met him once, but, and he was very nice, but I don't actually, um, I don't know him. But the, a while ago, um, me and a director were talking about whether or not we should um, do... We were releasing a film, and there was an opportunity for like a, quite a, a very... Um, a very big corporate sort of tie-in okay. where they were like where we'd get lots of free marketing for the film and stuff by doing this but we were kind of worried that it might in some way detract from the tone of the movie to do this kind of Got slightly it. silly Happy tie-in or something along the lines yeah it's not right. quite that but, but yeah yes. and and so and so we were like and, and uh, the director had worked with Michael before and we were like well and he was somebody that I do think is really cool and, and guides his career in a, in a great way so yeah. we were just like would he do that would you see him in this <laughs> and we were like no you wouldn't you wouldn't so maybe if, if he now does some big corporate Tie right. I'll be like, ah, I was wrong. He totally would do He's that. He's the new spokesman for Sizzler. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He needs I... a cash influx we didn't know about. Uh, he does have an, an, an incredible integrity and then a pretty young yeah. career. Yeah, exactly. um, 
So we, we, I feel like, you know, we, we're, as we tape this today, we're in the last couple of days of, um, of Inishman you're yeah. doing. So in, in the last couple of days of, of a play, are you, is, is, are you more susceptible to mistakes? Like, where's your head at? Like, what's not to plant that in your mind? No, it's no <laughs> it is interesting that you say that because we have had a, a few things recently, like um, a few things have been going wrong. I, I, I screwed up a line the other day for the first time in weeks, which is always one of those moments when you suddenly, because when you're doing a play for a while, and I don't mean this to sound like you get terribly lazy and complacent, but you almost, there comes a point where you, you're, you're just going on muscle memory. Yeah, it's reflexive. It's, yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. And so you're not really thinking about it overly and, and, or too consciously. And there was, so when something does go wrong, you just almost hear the line and you hear it come out wrong and you're like, that's not right. <laughs> I just, I definitely said some of those words in the wrong order. Um, and, but it's, no, it's, and we've had a few people walking into doors, like literally coming in and out of the set in the last two days. We've had three people walk straight into the set, like, because they've been doing that thing of like trying to leave stage while also saying goodbye to somebody on it. So they just like. People are getting cocky. That's happened like three <laughs> times, which is not to me. So I've just been sort of the one on stage laughing about it. But, um, so what is, what is the worst nightmare from a theater perspective for you? Is it forgetting a line? Is it literally falling off a stage? Is it. The, the, I think the worst nightmare for me is actually just like, is laughing at something that's not. Like the other day, um, one of the people who'd come on and bumped into the door, I just literally heard bang, and then them come on into the scene, and then I could see them, and they were actually having, they had to laugh in the scene, they were allowed to, and so they were just using the laughter that they were really having from right. having just walked into a wall in the scene, and so I was, but, but I'm supposed to be like sort of very, very sad at that moment, so that's the, the worst nightmare for me is that if I suddenly broke and started laughing, and then it's just so hard. In fact, actually, my worst nightmare with this show is something that because my character, um, I live, he lives with a disability, right. and so there's a physicality down one side, and very, very early on in London, on like our third or fourth preview, I came in the door and the door didn't open, and so just instinctively I reached out and pushed it with my other hand, which Billy's not supposed to have it's the ability to use. And so, like, so from, that was probably my worst show ever because I was just thinking the whole time I was from the moment I came on stage I had ruined the illusion of, of this character. So, um, but you know that 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 happens, and we haven't had any sort of you know. Um, I've never had to have, you know, like a Patti Lupone style right. rant at somebody taking pictures or anything like that. It's never got to, it's never quite got to that point. My, my, my sense from you in the last, especially in the last few years as we've talked more and more, frankly, since the end of Potter, it seems like you've been working nonstop. And my, my, my guess is that you're the kind of person, and correct me if I'm wrong, are you better when you don't have a lot of downtime? Or like, do you not know what to do with yourself? Yeah, or? I think it's more that. Like, I don't know, um, I just don't know what to do without not what to do without work because I've just always had some sort of structure right. time just because of Potter and I've always sort of been on set and I've always been working or I've always had something to go on to or you know so it's it's um, it's definitely something I just I'm, I'm getting better at like I've for the first time in my life this year, I've actually gone, God, I would really like a holiday and I would really like to just right. like go somewhere and chill out for a while, which I'm going to do hopefully. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's not something I ever want, you know, I like working, I like being yeah. busy, I like the sense of, you know, uh, making a couple of films a year, and that's just because that's what I've always, I know that's a ridiculously privileged position to be in, but it is what I've always done, so when you right. sort of start not doing that, or, or you know, or, or you worry about not doing that, it does, you know, it's just so different from the norm. I worked out the other day, I've been, uh, you know, I've been doing this for, or acting in some way for like 15 years now, right. so I kind of, I, 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 there's never a time that I kind of, don't want to be on set or don't want to be working on something. It just so happens that all the films that I want to make at the moment are like tricky little indies. That, right, 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 you know, right. It's harder to get finance, but um, yeah. well, it's also interesting in that like I feel like thus far in your film career since Potter, a lot of the films, if not all of them, you've had a hand in helping develop, or they've kind of like they haven't been kind of like actor for hire jobs so much. Not many of them, no. Right, there's, there's always been a bit of sort of me coming on board and then, you know, with yeah. getting the financing together or getting the, yeah. So I'm just curious, like, have you, on the flip side, have you auditioned for things that you haven't gotten? Like, have, do you go out on auditions? Yeah, I mean, I've got, um, I've, I've auditioned something. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, I did, I had one, one of those experiences and then um, I've had, you know, I have auditioned for, like, I auditioned for Kill Your Darlings and I auditioned for a, a couple of other movies. Um, generally, it's more like you sort of meet the director that and have kind of, of yeah, meetings yeah. and stuff like that. 
Um, and I've had plenty of them where you, you know, a director's like considering several people for a part and it ends up not being you and that's, you know, that's, that's part of it. And I've also, because you're aware that, yeah, and this is a problem that actors have at every level. There's, they're always sort of looking around at their friends going, oh, who am I always, like, who am I up against and who am I always right. sort of in those parts with? And it is like, it's an interesting thing is that any, any part I get, there's, you know, it's, yeah, it's 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 it is it's kind of fascinating seeing what um, and also what you know because I think a lot of people are under the assumption that me coming on board with the film will help help it get financing. Suddenly it's, and it's yeah. and it's not like that instant right. at all. It is with some things, but sure. like with some things, it's really not. And it's 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 a battle to get as you need as many names as you possibly can in yeah. something to get people you know interested in it. But it's um, and yeah, if you want to do a black and white German expressionistic film, even if you're Daniel Radcliffe, yeah, that's going to be that's going to be tough. You know, <laughs> um, so it's yeah, and the films I want to make are really challenging, so right. it's kind of, um, you know, or they're not, but people view them as challenging. Right. Um, but in the same way that people viewed Horns as challenging, and, you know, we got that made. So. Yeah, yeah, and it's a depraved, wonderful piece of work <laughs> yeah. that I saw in Toronto. Um, do you, so ha have you, I mean, are you good in a, in, in a meeting or audition? Do you, do you kind of have that out-of-body experience, like, where, because, like, some auditions, I've heard a thousand stories from people where it's, like, you have to, like, hide behind a couch and pretend you're in World War II firing a gun, you know? It's, like, it's kind of yeah. make-believe in the silliest way. I mean, I've always, I think, because I have so much less experience auditioning than, you know, most actors my age would, I actually don't have the horrendously negative experience of yeah. auditioning, and I quite enjoy it. Um, I always have, but I do think auditioning is like an incredibly hard thing for, for m most actors, particularly because you know most actors that is just that is their life. You're it's auditions and auditions and yeah. auditions, and it's like one long job interview. It's like going to a thousand job interviews and never getting a job, but never hearing why. You right. know that's because no. the, like they don't because you know they won't. I mean you know at Can least with the me they'll tell, tell me us what. what. Right. They're, they're, they're times tell me why, but you know with a lot of actors they they wouldn't. So it's you know it's it is it's a it's a hard process. But I've always yeah I mean I've always, because of my limited experience of it I've always quite enjoyed it and I always quite like you know I've always had an awareness as well that not so much anymore but definitely when I would first come out of Potter that I I saw the need for me to audition because nobody out there had really like right. seen me do anything but that one part so right. there was no reason for them to believe that I could do anything else unless I showed them totally um, switching gears a little bit, we're you know we're sitting in New York where we sat uh, often, and you've done a lot of work, and and you know there's no crowd outside the window or anything, which is no, nice. That's that nice. Yeah. And that's something you know you've talked about like this one. I'm getting eyed up by these two truckers here. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but they're playing it cool. You see, it's just only out of the corner of their yeah. eye. <laughs> um, but uh, so when you go into a Starbucks in New York, do you say do you say Dan? Do you give the name as Dan? Um, no. What's I, your Starbucks stage name? Um, I think my Starbucks stage name is normally Spencer because uh, <laughs> often often it's it's um, Spencer who uh, ends up running to get coffee for me. Right. But what did I? What did I? What? No, I think I think Dan is like a very good name. I don't think this is kind of a good name for Starbucks because it's not. There's no danger of it getting misheard and turned into something right. totally different from Dan. Right. Yeah. Right. You're not going to get. Flan or no? Or I mean, if they do, if I do, I'll go. Ah, Flan. That's probably <laughs> probably. As like, there's not probably someone called Flan here. I guess yeah. that's mine. The, the triple espresso shot. That's <laughs> for Flan. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you ever do you ever adopt a, a fake accent I when do. You, uh, when you're out in public? Only uh, yes. Well, mainly just for taxis in New York because I because um, the name of my street that I live on has an R in it. Okay. Um, and so if I say that with my English accent, no one understands what the hell I'm saying, and no one knows where to take me. So I have to get in and and uh, I pretend to be American. But then I I get so kind of. In my head, I go, well, I can't get in and be American and then like switch back to English because then he'll be like, who is this guy? What's going on in the back of my cab? So in my head, I'm like, oh, I've got to, I should keep up the American for the whole journey. Right. Which means that then like friends call me and I'll pick up my phone in an American accent. They'll be like, why are you, why am I talking to an American person now? Um, but it is, it's just because I, I can't get home otherwise. <laughs> See, look at the arduous nature of, I mean, you, most people, it's pretty easy to ride in a cab. Like I, know, well, oh, I know it's it's, it's tough, a tough life. Man. It is a tough life. Yeah. Do, do people ever? Um, what's? Uh, how often does it happen where somebody recognizes you, recognizes you and just screams? 
You know what? Not very often, but a couple of times recently. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a girl on the street the other day that I was, I was um, outside some offices just standing on the street and this girl just started screaming. And in a, but she was really sweet. And she, but then like, I said to her, like, nice to meet you. And, and, she, and she sort of hugged me and then ran off. And then, like, screamed and came back 30 seconds later. And then the other she day... She might I have just had Tourette's or something. So she issue. might have done... I don't think... I don't... She really didn't seem to. She was very together in, in sort of other ways. But, um, but then the great one the other day was... Uh, I was... Uh, I, I went into a corner store and um, this... There, there was, like, quite a large group of people on the outside of the store who I think it was, like, late at night and I think they're, like, a bit drunk maybe or something. And they recognised me and got really loud but very, very friendly as well. Like, so there was never a sense of, oh, God, shall I be getting out of here? They were, like, really, really <laughs> nice. And then they were all, like, screaming, this very large group of people and going in and out of the shop. And then one person came in who was clearly not a part of the group, who was just, like, one of the MTA workers with the high-vis orange jacket on, sure. who just came in and said absolutely nothing to me and just walked up and just, like, put her arms around me and hugged me. <laughs> and then left. And I was like, <laughs> but it, there was something like it was a genuinely, it was odd, but it was a very sweet sort of right. interaction. The silent hug. Yeah, it can be wonderful and, and creepy. Thanks. <laughs> thanks, Alan. <Yeah>. Bye. <laughs> so, uh, you ever scream back? They scream at you. No, that might, I that think might that you kind of even out the equation. I think that's what you do with babies. Isn't oh, it? is it? I don't know. Like when a baby screams, you scream back, and the baby's just like, what? Um, that I thought I felt a, like that was a horrible father. I'm gonna be a great father. <laughs> um, and I, so yeah, I, I, I think that's what you're thinking of there. I okay. don't think, I think okay. if I did that to a fan, I don't think it would diffuse the situation. It would just make them think, God, I'm, I'm, I'm meeting this actor that I like, and now he's terrifying. Um, how, um, how many arguments do you have a week with somebody insisting that you're not Elijah Wood? Um, Does it still happen? It's not a weekly thing. Okay. I, I wouldn't say it's weekly. I'd say um, it's, it's happened on a few occasions. Uh, less and less, I suppose. Um, but definitely, like, sometimes it'll be that I'll just get um, a Lord of the Rings thing shouted at me from far, and I'll just be like, ah, it's not, okay, I won't be bothered to tell you. <laughs> um, because you, it's weirder, I feel like, if you go back and pick the guy up on his mistake. Right, um, that launches into a hole. Uh, yeah, and he... Um, Do you ever sign autographs I, for I him? I have signed once yeah. for him. I've, I've been given, it's normally, that's the thing, it's normally like at a press line at some sort of event with me just being given a picture of Elijah Wood and going, and I, I mean, I wrote on this one guy, because it was, uh, this as well, this was in Japan, so right. there was no uh, time to try enough. and, like, translate this. So I just said, I just down. signed it, like, <laughs> I am not Elijah Wood, Daniel Radcliffe. <laughs> um, but I've met Elijah Wood, and, uh, and he, ages ago this was, but he said that he'd been, he'd got recognised for me a couple of times, which, I don't know, I, I would have been a lot more pissed off if I'd, if I'd been him being recognised for, like, a 13-year-old boy. Right. Then I, I was that's like, I, people recognise me as Elijah Wood. I was, that's awesome. I was thrilled. I'm a man. Yeah, exactly. You just, <laughs> you just gave me like seven or eight years. This is fantastic. Um, I have a, a, a few assorted in our many conversations. I've never asked you a couple uh, Potter-related questions, oh, if, yeah. you'll, if you'll indulge me. Go for it. Did you, at any point in the course of making the Harry Potter films as a child, ever actually think you had magical powers? No, you know what? I, the, the, the closest I came to actually believing that I had powers of any kind was actually around the, the uh, time the first Spider-Man film was released. And I was, I, I, would, I was like, I would just be like looking in the mirror, like waiting for webs to shoot out of my hand, like, I, you know, thinking that I was going to develop Spider-Man. So I thought there was a very real chance that could happen at like age 10, 11, you know? Right, right, right. Um, this is not time. the new Spider-Man about two years ago. No, no. Okay. <laughs> No, no, no. Age of 22. I just, I just got in there with Dane. I was like, oh, man, this is amazing. Can you get me some of that stuff? Um, no, it, but it was uh, the original, yeah, the Tobey Maguire, uh, James Franco one. And I, I, yeah, I definitely thought there was a very real chance I could hopefully develop spider powers. And then, you know, I, me and my friends often had the debate of, like, what's the, what is the perfect what is the perfect distance to be away from a radioactive blast so you don't just get like some terrible disease and you don't die but you do the sweet get spot of superpowers. superpowers yeah that's there's somewhere between like the after effect and like radiation poisoning and the immediate right. blast zone there must be a point and where you, you become superman this is important no i don't we don't have any findings well, that we would have to set off a nuclear bomb and we don't have that kind of resources it might be worth the sacrifice <laughs> of millions of people be in order to create a Daniel Radcliffe superhero. Yeah, exactly. Or a man with a melted face. A man with a melted face. <laughs> man. Um, 
his power is to shock it's shock and, people yeah. and, and make people turn away. Aww. Yeah, it's terrible. It's <laughs> the we just create, we've just created ever. the saddest comic <laughs> in the world. Um, did you ever uh, fashion an Alan Rickman impression, and did you ever do it to his face? No, I certainly didn't. <laughs> um, there were. There, w there would have been some people. That's the thing. I'm not a very good mimic. Like I'm not a very good right. impersonator. My, I think, I think, I feel like as well. Alan Rickman is one of those people, a little bit like Michael Caine, right. where like everyone's kind of got an impression, but right. none of them are actually very close. Right. Like everyone just does like a really deep noise for Alan. Right. And, like it's not <laughs> it's actually. Like, yeah, 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 it's, yeah, it's kind of like do. yeah, but everyone <laughs> sort of does do that noise, and that's there's a lot. There's a bit more to an Alan Rickman impression than that. No, it's who just, did it? Who that's did all you did, have to do. You know who did, who did the best one I've ever seen was uh, Bill Hader, actually, on, Hader on that um, SNL skit that I did. That yes. was like, yeah, that was, I, was, I was struggling to keep it together through that one because <laughs> it was so good. Did you ever, in the course, uh, again, you're growing up through the years, so I think you're, 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 you know, hopefully you're maturing. And hopefully. part of maturing is, uh, is using profanity, using adult words. Did you ever curse in front of Maggie Smith? Was there a point where oh, you Oh, God, felt yeah. She's got, a, she's got a terrible mouth, of course. She, like, of course, we are, you know, not terrible, but you know, she swears, of course she does. Well, of course she does, but I'm saying you're a child. Did, in front did of you her. feel like you were comfortable, at what point did you feel comfortable where you could yeah, swear no, in front of Maggie and Alan Rickman and, and these I, adults on I feel, No, I feel like that's one of the things that slightly um, shocks people about me when I meet them, or, or when I say shocks, that should be read as reminds me of the version of myself I played in extras. Um, <laughs> because I do, because I've grown up around like, you know, I grew up on a film set, and they are occasionally quite profane places. Right. So I, I do, I do swear quite a lot. I, I also, I also, I remember I, the most terrifying moment I had with Maggie, because even though I'd known Maggie for like ten years by that point, because I'd worked on David Copperfield, I hit her with an umbrella accidentally <laughs> on the last film because there was, I remember there was this, um, it was a really long day and it was pouring down with rain outside, and it was like a, just a really long day and everyone's right. on set's faces were, you know, kind of miserable. So I, um, I ran in and I was trying to like, you know, I wasn't in the scene, so I was just dossing about on set. Right. So I just sort of ran on and I, I said to the, the PA that was standing with Maggie, I was like, oh, could you give me Maggie's umbrella for a bit and I'll, I'll hold it over I'll poke her, her eye out. I'll poke, poke her <laughs> eye out. And so I went over to try and just, you know, try and jolly things along and just be like, be stupid. And uh, within seconds, I'd hit her in the head with like the sharp bit of the umbrella. She'd been on set for hours, and she was really—it was one of those things where she was really good-humoured about it. But I could tell that it, she might not have been if it hadn't been someone she'd known since he was a child. Right. <laughs> um, how much do you resent the fact that that Rupert Grint and Emma Watson have not done full frontal nudity yet? So you're the one that looks like a freak right now. <laughs> I don't know if I look like a freak. Um, I don't know. Um, I certainly look like the most enthusiastic sort of nudist of the three of us. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, it's not something I think about particularly. I don't like, oh, who, who hasn't done, you know, I'm sure you some of the other, I don't have a chart with like, I have a chart for the entire Harry Potter cast. Oh, do you? Of when they actually That's worrying. Near. I hope it's not the entire cast, Josh. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> Still waiting for Robbie Coltrane. That's all I'm saying. Um, there, there will be, um, yeah, no, I don't. I'm sure they'll be, they'll be. <laughs> God help them if they ever decide to. Right. Um, no, they'll, they'll, yeah, they'll. You know, it's, it's. I, I'm probably blushing now. I have no answer to this question. I'm sorry. Would you be more comfortable doing this interview in the nude? I would. Can we just get naked, please? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about your amazing movie because I really, I really did enjoy What If. I just saw it the Thank other you. day, um, and it occurred to me when I was watching it, like the romantic comedy it kind of almost doesn't exist. It barely exists now. Yeah. It's kind of like a genre that kind of fell by the wayside. There, there's certainly some, but yeah. they're less than there used to be. Yeah, and I think it's because the, as, as an audience, and you sort of become worn out by the same sort of tropes and cliches. And also the, there's a certain a laziness in the way some of those films are written, right. where you're just like, ah, let's get this person and that person and slam them together and make some jokes, and you know, it's not. That just doesn't. I think that really was the actual the story meaning for how to lose a guy in ten days. <laughs> you know, what was my favorite title? Of, we were talking about like, we, we, me and a friend of ours, we were all like having a discussion about like the best, the best 
like non-titles of movies and I believe my friend suggested and I haven't seen this movie so I apologise to any huge <laughs> fans of this film right. there was a film apparently just called Love Happens there was which is Jennifer Aniston a Jennifer Aniston film yes which is like I don't know I don't know what that <laughs> film is but that title it just feels like they were in a boardroom and they just gave up they're just like <laughs> Love <laughs> Happens you guys well what is it about this movie Love Happens so yeah it's I, there, it was um, so you know I, I, I feel that there is like I don't know there's what I love about our movie is that we don't, you know, we are, we are by no means reinventing the wheel in terms of the right. genre of romantic comedy. In some ways, it's a very traditional story in terms of the structure and, you know, the characters. But I just think that the, the care that was taken with the film and, and the care to make it complicated and not just make it easy and not just make it like... Because in romantic comedies, all the big problems are solved by gestures of romance. Right. And if you're, if you're romantic enough, that will win the day. Whereas actually, like, that's not life. Like, if you're, you know, if you, you know, there's a whole section in our film where Wallace, my character, flies to Dublin to try and win the girl. And, you know, in, in most romantic comedies, I feel like that would be, like, the gesture that gets us to totally. the end of the and movie. And we'd be running through the airport and it would culminate in the moment yeah, and exactly. end the and movie. Yeah, exactly, and kissing and it's great. And, it, and you know, in our, in our film, I think we try and pay tribute to what would actually happen in that situation, which is that's a kind of crazy thing to do right. when you're not going out with somebody and when, they have, and when you've never said that you felt this way to them. So it's, you know, it, we try to, I think, uh, pay homage to just... The, and also another good example, I think, is um, the character of Ben, who's Zoe Kazan's boyfriend. Right. Normally, in the romantic comedy, if you've got like, my character, who's like, the, the guy, and then uh, he meets the girl, and the girl has a boyfriend, girl's boyfriend is kind of a dick right. and like and is just not a very and while Ben is hostile to me sort of understandably he's, their relationship is great him and Zoe's relationship is fantastic he's, he's good looking he's successful he treats right. her well like there's no need for her to break up with him and it makes it a genuinely hard decision so I don't think you know what she's going to do and certainly you know even if there's a sense that oh these two have to end up together because it's a romantic comedy it's not without consequences totally. and it's not just like oh we can ditch all these people and forget about the people we said we loved before because now we love each other exactly well, it's also like a, a, bra a kind of a brave choice frankly for any comedy like you alluded to this but like it feels like everything has to be high concept it has to be like oh in order to win her back he's gonna dress as his own sister and find, you know I mean? like that feels right. like in a weird way nowadays that feels more typical I can like, yes. I, I can see that in a multiplex more than like just yeah. smart people interacting in real yeah. life situations, you yeah. know. I mean, that's to me, Zoe Kazan actually has a great um, description of what this movie is, which is that, you know, in, in, in most romantic comedies where like the guy and the girl meet and then there's a big montage to like show them getting to know each other. Right. This film is just the extended version of that montage. That's funny, like yeah, it's, yeah. You, you see, you know, and being given that, that sort of that voyeuristic view into like, people getting to know each other that's such an intimate thing that to be sort of and it's something we all remember from our, the beginnings of our own relationships is that first moment when you sort of meet and realize that you get on and start you know taking the piss out of each other and you know making each other laugh and and you know sort of skirting around the subject and all that stuff like that's that's a really exciting time in people's relationships, yeah. and so I think it's a really fun one to watch. I think that's why people enjoy watching these characters. I, I would bet that you go over really well with um, uh, girlfriend's parents. You're good boyfriend material. For I guess parents. so. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, maybe. I, I, I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> I've not. I've not pissed anyone off yet. Not yet. Not too much. No. Absolutely. I'm, I'm, I think. Yeah. I'm. I, don't, I feel like that's stable. a really boring thing to have said about you as well. Or like, my girlfriend's parents <laughs> would love you. <laughs> Welcome to you backhanded know? compliments yeah, with Josh yeah, Horowitz. Thanks, thanks. You're, you're really, you're, you know what I like about you, Dan? You're safe. Um, <laughs> there's nothing, there's nothing edgy at all. Yeah, there's just like you're totally inoffensive. You know, I really enjoy that. A nickname for you right now, Vanilla. <laughs> yeah, I just, I really, I like someone with no edge at no, all. No. <laughs> no, man. Yeah. What's um, what would the one um. Is there a perennial complaint from um, the girlfriends in Dan Radcliffe's life about you? What, w what would be the thing to complain about? What, uh, what makes you not a good boyfriend? God, there's so much. I mean, I'm really, I suppose the perennial complaint would be texting. Like, I'm crap at just. What, that you're not a good texter? I'm not a good texter, no. Meaning, like, like, like uh, do you not understand what LOL stands for? Like, no, do, no, do I no, no. I, mean, I, I get all of that. It's just, I'm not as, um, I don't know, like, I. 
everyone in the world is used to a very, very fast rate of response from right. text, and I don't match up to that. Like, I'll just, I, I go in my head, I get a text, and they go, okay, cool, I've got that text. <laughs> I'll do that later. Um, you know, and sometimes I don't get to it. So I suppose that would be, like, that would be, like, the number one complaint, right? Is, yeah. You, you, uh, that and, yeah. No, I, was just, I was trying to come up with something as ridiculous as I possibly could, but I couldn't think of anything. Um, you tend to, I don't know if you know this about yourself, you tend to talk fast. Yeah, I do. Yeah, uh, I would imagine on a first date or a situation where you're nervous, it must be a light speed kind of thing. Or do you, um, or do you like slow it down so much? I think I've become sort of conscious of it because I too talk so fast and I don't notice that I talk fast. Right. Um, that... I, but I've been made aware of it. I was actually made aware of it by watching interviews with me and Dane DeHaan together, where I was like, Jesus. Because he's at a totally I, different... I seem like we are like at different frame rates. <laughs> um, so I, uh, you know, I, I, I know that. So I, I think probably when I'm, if I was on a date, I'd, I'd draw it back a bit right. and try and can't, like try and, just so she has a chance of like <laughs> registering what I'm saying and talking back to me. It's very considerate of you. Yeah, it is, I'm quite considerate. <laughs> is it, uh, one, one issue that uh, popped up while I was watching the film um, is, uh, do you think it's important, is it incumbent upon the guy to initiate the first kiss? Or we, no, I mean, it's, it's not incumbent upon the... Is it, 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 does it, who, who the hell cares? No, just, just, just stop kissing. <laughs> just, just all of you, just stop kissing. Um, <laughs> That's the lesson? <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't, I, I don't think there's a, I, I mean, I, I always, you know, there's, I think, I know a lot of girls have this thing about, like, there used to be some sort of ridiculous thing about the guy has to be the one to ask you out, right. and I don't think that's the case anymore, is it? I don't know. I, I don't feel like so. it's, I don't know. I mean, I've been married for... Yeah. Six years, so no, I don't know. No, but like, if, if, if yeah, I just, I, I certainly don't think there's any way around it has to be. Right. Yeah. Uh, we talked about texting. Where do you come down on sexting, Dan? Um, you know, I just don't get how that would ever be the culmination of satisfaction. <laughs> you know, like I don't, I, I can't imagine that. Just like ah, oh, I'm just texting. I'm still just texting. Right. Like I, I can't imagine that ever getting to a place of actually like me being really into that. Right. I can imagine like sexting as like preamble to right. actual sex. Warm up act. You know, to like oh, when I see you later, like that kind of thing. <laughs> but but not Did like. Did we just get the first ever? <laughs> what it would sound like. <laughs> Yeah, that is how that is how they all start. Ooh, when I see you later. <laughs> oh, when I see you later. <laughs> then uh, I also become like a 1950s English soap opera character as well. I will take you in my arms. <laughs> yes. Um, it's but I don't like. I can't imagine it as yeah anything but that really. Are you saying you've never sent a photo of your penis to a loved one? Um, Wait, we're thinking. Uh oh. I'm I'm thinking. I don't think I don't. I don't think so. No, I don't think I have. I think maybe there were, no. Interesting. No. Okay. <laughs> Good question, though. <laughs> Thank you. There's always one in the patch. <laughs> okay, so for the record, this is probably the touchiest subject we're going to talk about today. Okay. For the record, you brought up Katy Perry first oh, in our conversations. Okay. Man, I know I did. I know I did. And, and, but, and but then you sent me down the river know, on uh, Ellen saying, I, I'm the one that... I didn't send you down the river. <laughs> I was just, like, trying to... You have someone else in I understand. there with me. I was me. there with you. So okay. I was like, I always use me. Yeah, because it, it it was, and it was really the it was it, I totally was using you because yeah. I knew you. So I was like, oh, I can totally I can rope dot into this. But it was it was one of those things where I was just like, you know, we joked about it, and it and it was something that just like I would rather answer questions about drinking <laughs> at this point. Like n not quite, but like it's all, the ubiquitousness of right. that question or ubiquity of that question right. has become like, I, and I thought it had died. I so thought it had gone yeah. away. And then the yeah. other day, it just all started. Somebody, yeah. somebody else asked it and I was like, oh man. Because also the point where it got embarrassing was when like Katy Perry was obviously getting asked about it and right. she had to issue some response. I was like, no, no, this is not, this is like every person's nightmare come to pass. This is not, this is not how I want to like, you're, you know. You're going to appreciate the next set, set of questions. Oh, then, I think. you. <laughs> so uh, I call this game Deal Breakers. Uh, and here's the scenario. I'm going to give you some scenarios and you tell me if this would be a deal breaker for you. Um, for instance, uh, Katy Perry says she'll date you, um, but you have to be a vegan. Would you consider oh, that's totally a deal breaker. No, I would not. I would not be able to take Katy Perry if she made me be a vegan. Wow, why is yeah. that? Just well, because I would die. Some, you would die. You I would die. die. You know, I wouldn't be able to eat enough of 
vegetables and fruit and things that okay. I could eat well, that's to practical. sustain myself. Okay, okay. So, um, Katie says she's going to love you forever, but you have to give up all your money. Deal breaker. Yeah, I mean, money's, yeah, money, that's not a... And she's got some cash. Thing. Yeah, you can, she's you can lean right. on her. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I can. Yeah, I can totally just like live off her, yeah. kill it by the pool. <laughs> <laughs> okay, a couple more. This is not make the. Yeah, this is going to make it much worse now, Josh. I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but I brought you a scone. <laughs> so it all evens out. I haven't touched it. <laughs> um, you haven't touched that water I brought you. <laughs> um, okay, Katie says uh, she'll be a generous and devoted lover to you, but you have to uh, act uh, as Harry Potter uh, in the bedroom. <laughs> Um, that may be a deal breaker. Really? I've got to say, yeah. I'm, I'm really, uh, I'm, I would not be into that, <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> I, I cannot imagine what my reaction would be if anyone ever asked me to do anything like that. But I think I, I would, like, immediately lose my erection. So I know you can't say it to the interview, but I'm just trying to make you laugh now. <laughs> so I, this is sad. I think this officially puts, a, puts an end to the perspective. The, non, the non-relationship between Daniel Radcliffe and Katy Perry has come to an end. Well, yeah, and with these hypotheticals, well, these are, she, these she, she's, she's so hypothetically high maintenance. <laughs> like, this is a nightmare. <laughs> All right, a um, couple other random things. Have you still not seen Star Wars at all? No, but you know what I saw the other day? For the first time ever, it's Independence a, Day. I know it's not the same thing at all. Not, I know it's, it's not a the movie. They're, I mean, they're movies. And, and they're they have a- aliens. Um, <laughs> Did you enjoy Independence I Day? I loved it. Yeah, thanks. See, that, that's a very politician thing of just like answer the question you wish was asked, well, not the one that was asked. Unfortunately, I'm semi good at this. So I'm going to follow up. <laughs> no, thank you. Um, um, but no, I, I I did. I absolutely loved it. It was. It's such a good movie. It's like the best version of that movie. Exactly. And then the, I like the fact that like Roland Emmerich liked the the scene where the plane took off. Uh, just with like the fire behind it so much that he did that like three times oh, yeah. in 2012. Well, and, and he's like blown up the White House like three different times in his movies. Yeah, that's, I that's, mean, a, that's, that's awesome. a hell of a signature move but to like, have as yeah, a filmmaker. To ha- and to have like multiple, <laughs> to have at least three shots across two films where planes take off off burning runways is, that's, you're doing yeah. something right. David Lean didn't do that. No, David Lean didn't do that. Fuck but him. also, like, and, I, and I sound probably sound like I'm taking a piss, but genuinely Independence Day was like, just so funny and well cast and yes. like it's it's brilliant. Oh, man. please, the Bill Pullman speech. Oh man, I was ready. I was ready to go. That was like Ken Branagh and Henry V. I was just like, yes, let's get France, let's do it. Um, what was the? Uh, but no, Star Wars. I still haven't seen Star Wars. No, I know it's terrible. Uh, like I, I get what? What's the what's the issue? I don't understand. You understand? You no, know, we now, can't be friends because my life is built on Star but Wars. But now, as a now, like the pressure to like it is so great. And I will watch it. I, you know, it is going to happen. I, I'm I'm not going to die without watching it. But I, but I will, you know, it, the pressure is just so great to like it now that I'm just like, what if I, I'm secretly terrified that what if I don't, then I'll have to, we'll have to have this conversation. I was like, yeah, I don't really get the fuss. <laughs> like, I don't, mm, I'm not sure. Do you know the basics? Do you know, like, the difference between, like, oh, an Ewok and a Wookiee? <laughs> um, I know Ewoks are little guys. Wookiees are very large, am I right? Well, I mean, okay, yeah. so you know all you need they to know have, about Star Wars. They have hair. They're both fairly hairy. Um... <laughs> <laughs> And I know people have Wookiee impressions. Very few people have Ewok impressions. Right. I've no, never seen he, somebody go, oh, that sounds like an Ewok. I've heard lots of people go, oh, you sound like a Wookiee. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, in jest, Ewoks perhaps. on this side of the room, Wookiees on that side. <laughs> reason, by the way. Right, separate. Yeah. Always. They don't get along. Oh, do they not? Okay. That, no, that was good then. Um, I don't know. Did you? What was this about the Batman and Robin thing? Was this just something a flippant thing you said? It's one of those things. Flippant thing I said. Why do you say these things now? Because because when you do interviews, you're faced with a choice <laughs> of to either be the most boring person on earth right. or just get ridiculous things written about you from time to time. Um, Sometimes it might be good to be boring. It might be, but like I just I get I get bored of myself. Like I hear myself being boring. I'm like, I just. Just, just say something crazy like you want to play a James Bond villain. No, I don't. I don't think that's not the thought process. But no, I was just like I was in an interview and yeah. they were like, "What supervillain do you want to play?" That I do. Too. Yeah, and they were like, "What supervillain do you want to play?" And I was like, "Um, I don't know." Like without, because they've already done Spider-Man and Daredevil's being done at the moment and the Flash is being made into a TV show and like I don't know, <laughs> they've all been taken. So I said, the only one I could think of that hadn't really recently had an incarnation which was Robin that's good. Uh, and you know and then it's then. like Dan Radcliffe lives and breathes <laughs> in the hopes that one day he will play Robin how big is your shrine to Robin by the way um you know 
There's a whole wing of the house. It's, it's, whole, it's, 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 <laughs> so it's more, more, yeah, it's more from Nightwing now, actually. Oh, I, God, I, you yeah. know your stuff. <laughs> impressive. Well I did. I was, I was, a bit, I liked Nightwing. I had a, a couple of those comics <laughs> when I was a kid. Um, do you feel? Does your country still embrace you? The fact that you, uh, fair to say, you you enjoy American football more than. As we call it, soccer. Yeah, I mean, are you a traitor to I your cause? I mean, the, because but American football is so dismissed on the whole in England that when people interview me about it and I say, "Oh, I'm actually a really big American football fan," right. they go, "Oh, really? Are oh, you cool?" And then just move on because right. no one understands it, so no one has any follow-up questions. Like everyone in England watches American football and thinks it's incredibly like, "How do you how how do you understand what's going on?" Right. They all say, and it's it you know, so it's uh, but yeah, I think there's a. I always feel weird, like I was really glad that the World Cup was so good this year so I could get into the World Cup because it made me feel quite English. Because right. normally I don't, I do really feel that like separates me from a lot of the, because I forget that like everyone in my country is into football. Yeah. And then, and I just, I don't know, like the Premier League is not, it, it is really exciting, it's really competitive, but I just don't find it the most exciting sort of continuous gameplay right. kind of thing. Although, but, but, yeah. but, but you have definitely adopted. You do love American football. I love American football. Can I put you to the test? I don't know if you're, you're, you know this as well as you claim to. Let's try me. But uh, I'm just curious. This is hard, actually. Okay. Can you literally... Cause I think you said this to me or someone else uh, once. Can you name every starting quarterback from last year for every team? Um, yeah, I think so. Okay, I've got the list. Hold Have on. you got the list? Got the oh, list. really? Awesome. Okay. okay. All right. So I'm gonna. Can I give? Can I name a team? Yeah, Is that sure. A good way to do it. Okay. We're gonna. Okay. Dan Radcliffe uh, challenge uh, every quarterback in the NFL. <laughs> okay. Arizona Cardinals. It was Carson Palmer. Atlanta Falcons. Uh, with Matt Ryan. Baltimore Ravens. Joe Flacco. Buffalo Bills. Uh, it was EJ Manuel with uh, I think Thad Lewis came off and okay. played quite a few games. Uh, Carolina Pan Carolina Panthers. Cam Newton. Chicago Bears. Jay Cutler and Josh McCown took over, and he's now with the Bucks. Cincinnati Bengals. And Dilton. Cleveland Browns. Uh, last year, oh, please, it was Brian Hoyer and Jason Campbell and Brandon Whedon. Uh, Cowboys. Uh, was um, Tony Romo. And then Kyle Orton for a bit. Okay, okay. I'm, I'm going by, you, the, you're end asking, the, you're asking by the end of the season. Okay, cool. Okay. So you're asking for okay. their starting okay. and backups. So this is fine. <laughs> <laughs> Denver Broncos. Peyton Manning. Detroit Lions. His backups. Uh, Brock Osweiler, by the way, I guess you want um, to. Don't show off. You truly are an American because you're showing off. <laughs> <laughs> Detroit Lions and Matt Stafford. Uh, Green Bay Packers. Uh, the Aaron Rodgers. Houston Texans. Houston Texans. Oh, was, um, uh, uh, oh hold on. Case Keenum. I don't have that. You don't have that. It was. I'm pretty sure it was Case Keenum and maybe Matt Schaub. Yes. Start, Matt Schaub started the season. It was okay. Case Keenum okay. by the end. Okay. Yeah. Indianapolis Colts. Uh, was Andrew Luck. Uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, Blaine Gabbert. No. I don't have that. Ja uh, he he would have done for some of it. Um, Chad okay. Henney. Yes. Okay. okay. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs. Um, Alex Smith. I don't have that either. Uh, you don't have Alex Smith as the Kansas City Chiefs quarterback. <laughs> He, he, I mean, like, he really was. Who do you have? No, dude, I don't know where that's come from. Okay, 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 okay. we're going to look it up and we'll correct it. Uh, uh, Miami. Um, Ryan Tannehill. Almost there. Uh, Minnesota Vikings. Uh, Christian Ponder. And, and Matt Castle. Uh, New England Patriots. Uh, Tom Brady. New Orleans Saints. Drew Brees. Giants. Eli Manning. Jets. Geno Smith. Oakland Raiders. Terrell Pryor. Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, Nick Foles. And Michael Smith. Uh, Steelers? Steelers, Ben Roethlisberger. Wait, oh my god, we have six more, I think. Um, it's a lot of teams. Yeah. Chargers? Philip Rivers. <laughs> 49ers? Colin Kaepernick. Uh, Seahawks? Russell Wilson. Uh, St. Louis Rams? St. Louis Rams. Sam Bradford? I have... Uh... Sam Bradford? You got some? Oh, um, you would have... Oh, man, what's his name? Dude. Oh, I'm so sorry. So I'm so sorry. He so came far. in and he did all right as well. Oh, and the coffee almost went. Um, Don't destroy the table. What was the fucking name of the guy? Oh, I feel so bad for this guy because I've literally remembered every single other person who plays in the NFL now. And I'm going to... He he came in and, he, and he did well as well. And I'm, I apologise to... Kellen... Kellen Winslow. No, Kellen Winslow. <laughs> Kellen, Kellen Clemens. Kellen Clemens. Kellen Winslow is a tight end. Get out of my fucking country. Oh, man. This is, this is almost, I almost did, I almost had him. Didn't I? That was almost it. You did it. three I more. Was, Buccaneers. Oh, that was um, Mike Lennon. Uh, Tennessee, Tennessee Titans. Tennessee Titans was Jake Locker. Um, Jake Locker and Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yep. And Washington Redskins. And RG3. Um, Robert Griffin III. And Kirk Cousins. Yes. Okay. 
I'm so sorry, Kellen Clemens. <laughs> like, I'm going to draft you in your fantasy, my fantasy team next year, even if you're not like playing for anyone just to have you because oh. I feel bad about this. Do you want to do an end zone dance? You did pretty well. I, I, I have no touchdown. I'd be one of those guys who just gets the ball back to the ref. That, I like those guys. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> that was amazing. Thanks. Thank you. <laughs> you, are, you actually just came up with like my favorite. If I could pick an interview segment, right. if I could pick something to be <laughs> NFL tested trivia? on. It would be NFL trivia or like naming elements that begin with a certain letter. <laughs> like those would be my ideals. Do you think your love of football is the most American thing about, about you? About me? Um, probably. My love of footballs. My lo- my love of football. My love of diners as well diners. is maybe because di- the thing of a diner is something we don't really have in England okay and so I like have embraced that full force in this country what's your diner meal like but, you, just I mean like, the, you, nobody goes to the diner for the ambiance do they no I suppose not like, omelets and burgers and pancakes and just all that kind of stuff all really you, you have a yeah. disorder There's a, I've also found a, a place because um, my, my quest since filming What If in Canada right. has been about trying to find somewhere in New York that sells like an equivalent to poutine. Right. Um, and I found they're just called disco fries here. I didn't even know that. Is that yeah, true? Yeah, dude. Poutine is disco fries in America. Just everyone, <laughs> if you want poutine, you were thinking, what's disco fries? That sounds weird. Just order them. It's great. It's, it's Wait, and you're a fan of poutine? I love it, man. I don't know. You don't know? I can't get behind it. Really? Why? What's not to... <laughs> what's, I, I, mean, like, I like french fries. Yeah, you like gravy. I like gravy you like in bacon. moderation. I like bacon. We can put bacon in there, which I do. Um, I like cheese. You like cheese curds? Well, I like like nacho cheese. Okay, you like mozzarella cheese? I do like Because that's basically like... Well, that, that's what they put in disco fries, just mozzarella cheese. Okay. It's mozzarella cheese, fries, gravy, and if you're me, a bit of bacon. But like it's when, a heart attack on a plate. <laughs> but like when you, because I'm not the kind of guy like when you get the nachos and it's like the nachos supreme and they put every freaking thing in the kitchen yeah. sink. I don't need that. No. I, I, I like no to does. know every component of my dish. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I, I, I would Why agree are you with that. injuring your body? <laughs> I'm telling you, this is like the ghost of Dan uh, Radcliffe future telling you, stop eating disco fries, Dan. I mean, I don't know that I can, though. Just Stop because... eating disco fries. Okay. Mad, can you imagine if this, this is what's been... going to happen to your body? You're going to turn it to me. It's going to go... But no, I'm, I, I, I don't know. You're, first of all, you're in fine shape. I'm in great shape. You, you know. They can't see the bottom. It goes just that, like this. <laughs> but it's, um, you know, I'll be... Uh, I don't know. I, I will, at some point, I will have to, like, eat right. better. Right. But not now. <laughs> and bring on the disco yeah. <laughs> So We definitely um, don't serve them here. No. Um, this is a much nicer restaurant than... than um, <laughs> but it's, it's, yeah, yeah. It's like an uh, ironical, ironical, no, an ironic disco fry here they probably would serve, They right? would serve like a... I, I'm sure. I'm, the I, postmodern I, disco yeah, fry. You know what my favorite word is that's on, um, that I've come to learn on cooking shows just means I fucked up, mm-hmm. which is... Uh, Deconstructed. deconstructed. Which is, that's the thing, is like, I feel that the food, cooking, food Network has sort of revealed, has like let out the food industry's secret by showing us that like, when they just grew up and it's all gone wrong, they just call it deconstructed. Right, right. Um, even though I'm sure there are genuine deconstructed things, but it's they, not on, not on Cutthroat Kitchen. No, no. Is that your... Uh, that and Chopped, yeah. Interesting. You ever watch Cutthroat Kitchen? I've never. I've, be I've so into it, man. Really? You really would. I like, like it's the, um, great. the Bravo shows. I like the, you know, Top, top Chef. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cutthroat Kitchen's amazing because they'll, tr- they'll come out and make somebody try to like make a meal but in instead like the other day there was literally a guy uh, who had to didn't have any utensils or bowls they took away they took away all his bowls and utensils and made him use a golf kit like right. golf clubs and stuff <laughs> he had to cook with them and he actually did a half decent job like i really you know it's 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 ridiculous it's, but it's amazing it's, and alton brown that's my first contact with him right so he's he's super cool it's funny because like the reality shows i feel like i mean we've been saying this for years but they're getting more extreme in that like someone was just telling me about a reality show where not only do they drop you in the middle of nowhere but you're now naked it's like they're taking... You're called Naked little, and Afraid or naked something. And, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's yeah. like, well, what can we do to... I thought we might have reached peak no. dating show with that um, I Want to Marry Harry, which I didn't see any of, oh, but when people I were like... That exists. I, I couldn't believe that where that where those girls were like, and I guess they hadn't been told that they weren't really yeah. going out with somebody who's just a lookalike with Prince Harry, and then yeah. at the end, 
they tell her, but like it's it's crazy. Oh, along those lines, a few years back, five or six, actually it's probably even older, seven or eight years, there was a really good reality show that I would recommend called The Joe Schmo Show. Mm -hmm. You ever heard of The Joe Schmo mm -hmm. Show? Look this up, where it kind of turned it on its head, where everybody was an actor except for one guy who thought he was on a reality show with a bunch of contestants and he was competing with them. And it was basically like Truman Show. It was like a created world for him. Oh, that's kind of brilliant. And um, it, it goes back so far that Kristen Wiig was like in the original cast. She wow. for SNL. And it's and up until the last episode, he finally finds out that he's been living in this crazy like. Oh, cool. Yeah. That see, that's like taking it to its all to its yeah. logical conclusion. It also is arguably um, screwing with the man's brain. And, yeah, and, and maybe, <laughs> maybe. But like, let me watch it first. Then I'll decide <laughs> if I disagree with it. <laughs> um, so as we talk, I'm going to see you soon in Comic Con. Yeah, your first I know. Comic Con. First Comic Con. I'm slightly terrified. You should be. <laughs> That wasn't what I was hoping for, really. Oh, sorry, no, no, it's going to be fine. <coughs> what can I expect? Expect the unexpected. Um, expect, <coughs> I mean, you, you know, you, thanks to Potter, actually, you're inured to everything. You can, you'll, you'll be able to handle it. Okay, but it's, cool. It's, it's a lot of passion. That's yeah. Good. It's good, though. I, yeah, I mean, I'm excited for it. I'm excited and it's the right to, crowd for horns, certainly. Yeah, absolutely. But I'm excited to kind of... I'm scared that, you know, the last time I read the horns book was a couple of years ago now. Right. And I'm just scared that it's going to be like the scene in The Simpsons where uh, you're going to be tested on like, it, basically. Yeah, like basically. Comic book guy or something. Yeah, exactly. It sounds <laughs> up in like in episode four thirty thing or something. You know, um, so just throw it over to Joe Hill. It'll be fine. Yeah. No, actually, that's what it will do. He's with me, so I can just say, "You're asking something about the book. Ask that guy." Um, <laughs> the uh, and next gig you're going. Are you going to be shooting this in Tokyo? Are you going to? The, um, or, or is that still up in the don't air? No, no, still up in the air. Okay. That's everything's a bit up in the air at the moment. To okay. be honest, I'm, I'm trying to. Um, there's hopefully a film that I should be hearing about within the next couple of weeks, but it's 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 like this process of getting it going has right. been so long that at any moment I feel like we could you know it might not happen, but I think we're almost going to. It's that thing if you know all the time we've been meeting, we've all always discussing like yeah. oh no, you choose such interesting things yeah. and different things, and that's great, but it's a double-edged thing where right. it means that it's, in terms of getting them financed, it's a lot harder finding people that want to finance like uh, a movie that is, you know, more challenging for an audience. Um, but it's, it's definitely one that it's, it's worth the effort, and I'm in a position at the moment where I can, yeah. where I can fight for those kind of films to happen and to be in them. So I'm, that's what I'm going to do. And already eyeing, like, I mean, because you have to kind of plan way ahead, especially for these kind of runs on Broadway or in the, or in the West End. Are you already thinking as you wrap this one up, or uh, for the next one, or no, is it kind of like? I'm, I'm not. I'm not thinking about doing a play for at least, you know, uh, I mean, a, a, at least a year, yeah, yeah. probably more like, you know, eighteen months to two. Like, yeah. I, it would be. I think. You know, it's, we had a great run in New York, we had a great run in London last year, and that's like, but it's hard work, and I'm, I'm ready to like go back into my bread and butter and hopefully make some films again. That would be, be great. Yeah. Uh, thanks for having my scones. That sounded wrong. Uh, we, didn't, we didn't touch them, but we might take them away. <laughs> I will find <laughs> and, someone and, that wants them. And thanks for the water that I brought. Thanks for the water. Liar. Yeah, you're, you're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> I will... Uh, and sorry for the Katy Perry... Um, Man, it's just going gonna, gonna to carry on till one of us dies. Right. <laughs> That's a good way to end it, I think. Yeah. Good to see you, buddy. Good to see you, man. Thank you. Thanks, man. Oh, shit. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Of course, at least at the very end. Ended by spilling <laughs> some coffee.